Everybody's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. Hello, listeners. You're back where it's at, and I'm spinning the winning talk show that pops to the top always nice with some spice, where we hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more of what you need to know to stay engaged, educated, empowered, and encouraged with trending topics, noted news, interviews, and much, much more. This is Tanisha Baker, and you're inside Talking with T. If your birthday falls on this 18th day of hot July, which is the 199th day of the year, you share it with your birthday mates, actor Vin Diesel, the late Nelson Mandela, talk show host Wendy Williams, reality star Benzino, and basketball star Penny Hardaway. Today on the national calendar is celebrated as National Sour Candy Day, National Caviar Day, and National Get Out of the Doghouse Day, which always falls on the third Monday in July. On this date in history, African-American boxer Jersey Joe Walcott becomes the oldest person to win the heavyweight championship at age 37. And on this date in 1959, golfer William Wright becomes the first African-American to win a major golf tournament. And it was on this date in 2013 that Detroit, Michigan filed for bankruptcy to become the largest U.S. bankruptcy in history at $18.5 billion. If you've been a regular listener to the show, you know we highlight a different theme each month. And it is currently Get Jazzy in July as you're encouraged to sparkle and shine. Flaunt your stuff. Be bold and self-confident as you are beautifully and uniquely made. Remember that the sun doesn't just shine for a few. It glows for everyone. Everybody has the right to shine. Embrace who you are and add a little glitter to your style. And don't forget to leave a little sparkle wherever you go. It's now time for our happy highlights, and I want to start with an officer in Arkansas who is using social media to post his interactions with the community of North Little Rock. He has included himself dancing to songs that the kids like, running races, doing skits, and more. He was just trying to Make an effort in improving police relations, and now thousands of people are taking note and applauding this officer for his efforts. The son of rapper The Game set a GoFundMe account to assist the officer with purchasing snacks, toys, and other items that can be distributed to kids and members of the community. Officer Normal said that when trust and respect are established, people will see kids running toward patrol cars instead of away from them. If we could only have many, many more officers like him, we would be on the road to recovery from the dismay we have toward officers who have used their authority and power to strike fear and resistance in many communities and cities. Another happy highlight I found in the news was the Kansas Black Lives Matter protest this past Tuesday that was totally peaceful, no property damage, and even the police were praised for allowing people to express themselves through their First Amendment rights. Wichita Police Chief Gordon Ramsey 
says that he will continue to make sure officers are properly trained on cultural competency. There were plans for another protest on Sunday, which actually changed to a community cookout after leaders met with Chief Ramsey, where he and the mayor decided to raise money and organize a barbecue for the city's law enforcement and community at large. They believe that a first step is getting to know each other, and this was a great way to start the process. The final happy highlight today is about a homeless student named Fred Barley, who rode his brother's bike six hours to register at Gordon State College in Bournesville, Georgia, when he found out that the dorms don't open until August. So he pitched a tent and decided that he would start looking for a job. Well, police received a report of him sleeping in the tent, and when they came on the scene, they told him he couldn't stay there. But instead of giving him a ticket for trespassing, they took him to a local motel and paid for two nights. The wife of one of the officers posted the story, and hundreds of people reached out to help him, including the owner of a local pizzeria that gave him a job. So far, $70,000 has been raised in the GoFundMe account for the aspiring college student. Now it's time for our Monday Minute Quick Bits. According to TMZ, Lil Wayne is being sued by American Express for over $86,000 plus legal fees since he has not paid his bill since December of 2015. After Wendy Williams gets in the hot seat for her comments regarding the NAACP and HBCUs, she invites Roland Martin on her show to explain why she was in the wrong. And she apologized and admitted she was indeed in error, as Roland Martin explained that the NAACP was founded by both blacks and whites. In fact, the first president of the NAACP was white. And as NAACP stands for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, there have always been white members. Rapper Meek Mill pledges to stop rapping about extreme violence in light of the recent police killings. And more than 100 black celebrities gathered for a private town hall on race. And over 8,000 people have transferred their money to black-owned Atlanta Bank for the Move Your Money campaign. Don't touch that dial, I'll be back in a while after we hear the unique sound of Tank and the Bangas bringing you boxes and squares. Would have been fish, would have been meat, would have been eggs, would have been greens, would have been milk, would have been fruit, would have been vegetables, would have been soup. I would have been good for you. Trust my love, my hair, my shoes. 
Hey everybody, it's now time for our trending news and I have with me Professor Jay. How are you? I am wonderfully well. How are you? I'm doing great and I know you are ready to school us on this week's trending news. So we're going to start today with news that erupted last Thursday as there was another horrific terrorist attack which occurred in Nice, France. Now, it appears that it was a native of Tunisia who used a 19-ton truck to murder 84 people and injured another 202 people, including children. So it's also reported that the Muhammad Bilal was not on anyone's radar and apparently became radicalized very quickly, and he has been identified as an ISIS soldier. So this was an extremely sad story as he strategically chose to strike during some sort of festival. So there were families and children and all that were you know, just out playing to enjoy the fireworks when he ran them over. And what makes this a little more scary, I think, is that it wasn't really an official organized attack by ISIS, but a response to an all-out call that they've issued for just people to commit terrorist acts or attacks as they have the opportunity. And this actually makes the third terrorist attack in 18 months to hit France. I think that the world is actually mourning this tragedy, 84 people, families, children. You know, in the pictures, you can see strollers that were knocked over and everything. And I just, again, 
you think we'd have one week or a span of time when we would be protected from having to report these stories, but it just doesn't happen. They're occurring more and more frequently. Exactly. And, the again, like you said, the sad part about it is that it occurred uh, during Bastille Day, which is a major festive time for French people. So you've got uh, families, like you said, with their children who are just out to enjoy the fireworks. And from my understanding, Nice is a resort town. So pretty much you also not only you not only have people who uh, live there, but I'm pretty sure that there were quite a few tourists who were there to just kind of relax and unwind and to enjoy the festivities as well. And from looking at a source now, uh, it also stated that they arrested his estranged wife, Mohamed um, Boulel's estranged wife, on Friday morning and then released her Sunday without charge. From what I'm also seeing, she was pretty much let go because she had not really been in contact uh, with Mohamed Boulel because they were in the middle of divorce proceedings. So mm. it's a very sad story nonetheless, and you would think that during this time of celebration, you know, that there would be a time for peace. It gives us even cause here in America to constantly be on our guard because you never really know uh, what's going to happen. I'm sure right, right. thousands of people who were there were just merely expecting to enjoy the fireworks and to celebrate this major milestone that's in uh, French history and uh, just go home and enjoy their families. I'm sure that they didn't think that so many of them would be would be losing their lives for uh, what is such a senseless tragedy because, you know, we have these terrorist groups that are just popping up and doing whatever to whomever without regard for human life. Right. And then, you know, with this particular story, it was a lone terrorist. So it wasn't a group, you know, and that makes it you know, just a single person that can do that much damage. 84 dead, 202 injured. And his weapon of choice was a 19-ton truck. So right. uh, obviously that caught people off guard. Well, we're going to move on to another story that we were hoping we wouldn't have to report this week because when we talked about the story stemming from the shootings of civilians and police officers last week that really took the nation by storm amid protests, amidst town hall meetings and all of that as we try to come to terms and understand the senseless attack on African Americans at the hands of police officers and then the return attack on police officers when at the end of the day on both sides there are guilty and there are those that are innocent. And so we were hoping to be spared from any more tragedies, but unfortunately um, Sunday there was a shooting in Baton Rouge that resulted in three officers dead and three officers wounded. And actually one of the three possible suspects was killed in the attack as well. So I just can't believe that shooting police officers is going to result in a reduction of the unjust shootings or murder of people of color. In fact, I'm wondering if it won't do the opposite, if it makes everyone a little more tense and a little more suspect and on guard. So how do we stop this cycle? I'm, I'm just, we can't keep going as we are now. I, I, and I totally agree. And it, it's really crazy coming on the heels of the death of Alton Sterling. That, yeah, that wound is definitely still fresh uh, in the 
uh, hearts of the people of Baton Rouge, particularly since they just funeralized him a couple of days ago. And uh, mm-hmm. all of the pictures show the extreme grief that the family, the city, and even surprisingly to me, some of the inmates from the correctional facility, uh, some of the grief that, that everyone was going through. So the wound is still fresh. The city has not really had a chance to heal. And here again, we've got uh, somebody who is taking the lives of people who are sworn to protect and serve. And interestingly enough, according to ABC News, uh, one of the suspects is Gavin Long. He's a former Marine from Kansas City, Missouri, and he was discharged in August 2010 uh, after serving five years. So Hmm. I'm just really at a loss here to try to make it all make sense because here again, you've got somebody who gave five years of his life, five years of his energy, supposedly, to protect and serve the country, and then he's turning around and taking the lives of these police officers who were sworn to protect and serve the citizens of Baton Rouge, a city that, like I said, is already hurting, a city that has not really healed. And I think, and I'm pretty sure that given everything that's happened in this span of time, it's going to take the city quite a while to get to a place of normal. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, and I'm wondering, is there a pattern that's starting to emerge? Because the gentleman that, and I use that word loosely, that assaulted the officers in Dallas was a former military man. Right. And and I don't remember the details, but it seems like there was another incident involving someone who had uh, previously been in the military. So I wonder if there's another pattern existing there among uh, those, you know, are they more apt to try to rebel or, you know, try to get some type of revenge when they are hurt? And they not know how to manage their anger. They're used to being in a war. And I was thinking about that earlier today as I, I listened to the story about the assault on the officers in Baton Rouge. It's almost as a war because during a war, you don't know your target's name. You just know right. they're on the other side. And you really don't know each person personally you just know they're on the opposite side of you and that's what it almost seems like you know here in this country that it's a war and they're not taking into account the individual whether the individual is guilty whether they had anything to do with the cause of all of this or not and it just seems you know I don't know something to think about that both of these men were former military men right and I'm wondering if idea of post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD, is going to enter the picture in any of the incidents. I'm I'm a little hard-pressed to say that that would be an applicable defense to do what they did mm-hmm. because, again, it, it's not making sense to me as a civilian and to me as someone who knows cops, police officers rather, law enforcement officers who are on the right side of the law and, right. and they're willing to, like I said, give their lives for the welfare and the safety of others. So I, I'm really, I'm like I said, I'm really hard-pressed to uh, go with anybody who would say that, oh, well, you know, you've got these military people, they're suffering from PTSD, and so this is their way of trying to cope with the harsh realities that they had to experience during their military service. I'm not inclined to go with that. Right. So, mm. Well, let's change the topic a little bit and move on to the Pokemon Go craze. And so, first of oh, all, geez. if you hadn't heard of, 
if you hadn't heard of this latest craze in social gaming, it's Pokemon Go. And so the game entices you to catch Pokemon by traveling through your community or your city or pretty much your immediate area. And I tried personally to stay away from the hype, although as people kept talking about it, I became more and more interested. And I'm still not an avid player, but my son found a Pokemon on my dashboard. And, you know, I, I admit I did get involved and downloaded, so don't judge me, Jay. So, so Side far, <laughs> Side I know, right? So, so far, there are more than 2,000 players in Knoxville alone. And local businesses have experienced a spike in sales as a result of the game. And so merchants are pretty excited about having Pokemon in their stores. Don Goss, who is the manager of the downtown grill and brewery here in Knoxville, said at one point the entire side of his bar was loaded with people hunting Pokemon. Now, as in any craze, people have taken it a little bit too far, and they may be a little bit too competitive and involved in finding Pokemons, and people were on the verge of a serious breakdown when the servers crashed this past week. Now, get this. There are Pokemon accounts, and you have to create an account, of course, with your avatar and, you know, your player's name and all. And in your account, it keeps up with the Pokemons you find, and there are other different things that you can gather during the hunt. There are Pokemon accounts that are appearing for sale on Craigslist, Facebook, etc., that have reached high levels or they have found these rare Pokemons. And the prices have ranged from $25 to the highest I saw was a successful sale of $400. Now, as I mentioned, you can spot Pokemon generally in areas that are near your location, but, of course, this can go wrong. A guy saw some teenagers outside his house early Saturday morning Thought they were criminals or up to no good. It was like one thirty in the morning, so, you know, we can obviously say you shouldn't probably be out lurking on somebody's property at one thirty in the morning, but they were playing the game. He didn't know they were playing the game. He came out shooting. Now, the teens weren't injured, fortunately, but the car had some damage. So the game actually issues some very clear common-sense rules and guidelines that go along. But we all know that people aren't prone to using their best judgment when they get involved in these types of activities. And there are so many crazy stories as a result of this new Pokemon Go game that if you really want a good laugh, just Google it. I mean, people have gone into some pretty crazy locations, even some dangerous locations, fallen into ponds, gotten in trouble at work, at home, on and on and on. So, right. I know you have a few words for us, Professor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I I thought that we had let Pokemon rest. Now, I will admit when the cartoon first came out uh, several years ago, uh, as an adult, that was like my time to decompress from working all day long because I was early in my teaching career, and it was a little stressful. So I would come home and I would watch the cartoon for that little half hour until, you know, I couldn't keep up with the Pokemon that they were coming out with. It was like every episode there was an onslaught of five new Pokemon. And all I remember are Pikachu, Jigglypuff, Squirtle, um, and there are one or two more that I can kind of see in my head, but I can't call their names. So, mm. But yet, that, still, you are quite familiar. Yeah. So I would okay. admit, to some degree, mm-hmm. I was a Pokemon fanatic. 
Okay. Okay. And not, not, you know, excessively so. Now, I was, I, when I, when the hype first came out about the game, I didn't really look that much into it. I just knew that there was a game that people were looking for Pokemon. So I was thinking, okay, maybe people are actually putting, like, little Pikachu dolls or little Jigglypuff <laughs> dolls in different places, and you have to get on your phone, and it's like a scavenger hunt of sorts. But right. um, what I And it is. It is kind of like a scavenger hunt. So but from what I now understand, the actual Pokemon themselves are not – in the location, so there are no little Pikachu dolls hanging out in the trees or whatever. It's just, no. you know, you're, you're it's virtual. It. Yeah, it's virtual. Okay, so right. I'm side-eyeing this whole thing because people are finding them in the strangest places, like you said. Uh, people are falling into ponds. I had a Facebook friend who said that she was in the beauty shop getting her hair done, <laughs> and there was a Pokemon in the beauty shop. Another right, right. Another Facebook friend of mine said that he was at Chili's and said there were Pokemon all up in and through Chili's while he was eating his meal. So he was trying to get them as he was eating. So Now, listen. Um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. And then I uh-huh. uh, have a few more words to say. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. I don't think I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. However, mm-hmm. uh, uh, another source that I saw reported that one positive thing about the Pokemon Go game is that it's causing people to get up off of their couches and actually move around. So people who are very conscious of trying to keep up with their steps and even those who aren't conscious of keeping up with their steps find themselves getting exercise that they probably would not have otherwise engaged in. So that's one positive thing. And Another positive aspect is I think at least for this past week, that's been one of the major mainstays of the media, and it's giving a little bit of a lift in the midst of everything that's happening in our country and in our world. So part of me wants to side-eye the whole Pokemon thing, but another part of me says, hey, if that's what you prefer, if that's what floats your boat, if that brings you joy, go for it. Who am I to judge? Right. And I'm going to gamble that eventually curiosity may get the best of you. And like I said, I was kind of curious and wanted to explore it myself. And they are absolutely right because generally on Sundays I'm reading, looking through news stories, kind of preparing for the show. Not really too mobile. Not that I am on the other days of the week either, but particularly on Sundays. And as I was taking a break, I thought, well, I'll just turn on my app and see if there's a Pokemon out near me. Ended up walking up the street to a friend's house where the Pokemon was in a bush somewhere near a bush that was obviously attracted to mosquitoes because I was pretty much eaten up by the mosquitoes as I was trying to capture the Pokemon. And I realized that typically I wouldn't walk to the end of my subdivision and back on a Sunday afternoon and in this heat. I can attest to the mobility of people getting out and moving, and maybe it will help some people as far as exercise and things like that, because that definitely was not in my plans. But I was encouraged to go capture that Pokemon that was in the bush 
at the end of my subdivisions amidst the mosquitoes, and there you have it. Right. Well, all I know is I'm going to need for this to die down by the time school starts because if my kids <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yes. in the middle of my life, we're going to have some serious problems. That is something we probably need to think about. Now, I was reading a little bit more, and I'm not sure if there's a cost to this or not, but I believe businesses can actually lure or put Pokemons or entice them to their establishment, and that would bring in the customers. So there's another positive, an upside to to that. Well, Jay, as always, I've enjoyed speaking with you. Can't wait to talk to you next week. And I can't wait to school you on everything that's worth talking about with T. All right, now. Thank you. Right. It's now time to get a little crazy as we bring P.I. Pam onto the show as she investigates stories that fall under the Crazy Chronicles. So, Pam, how are you? I am good. How are you doing today, T? I am doing great. So I'm excited to hear what you have for us today. So what's the first story in the Crazy Chronicles? Okay. Everybody knows it's summertime and it's time for grilling and all this. So either this woman didn't have a grill only had the top part of the grill, or she just wants to try something new. But definitely do not try this at home. Okay. <laughs> According to Knoxville Firefighters, a woman melted her tub after she tried to barbecue a brisket, a whole brisket a in it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just trying to visualize this. But go ahead. <laughs> Fire Department Captain D.J. Corcoran said that when firefighters got there, they found a middle-aged woman standing light smoke from her apartment. She told fire crews, there's a little fire in my bathroom. So when they get there, they realize that this woman tried to cook a whole brisket in her fiberglass bathtub. She had an open flame in the bottom of the tub with the coals with a wire rack resting on the upper edges. The meat was resting on top of the wire rack. So Excuse me. Okay, wait a minute. I, I want to keep my visual going. The coals, like coals that we put in a barbecue grill, she put those yeah. in the tub. She put those and in put the tub. the rack on t- She had the rack propped up on the edge of the tub. Yes, and the meat on top of the... Okay, go ahead. Firefighters okay. used a shower head to extinguish the melting fiberglass. No one was injured... Luckily, but she did burn a fire through her floor, which resulted in water damage to her neighbors below. But this is just just crazy. They put out out the Well, I'm trying to figure out why she didn't turn the shower head on herself. No, she called the fire department, and they came and cut the shower head out. I guess she panicked. Or she just okay. wanted to see if she just finished that brisket. Maybe it was time for dinner. Maybe she had to get it done. But if you're going to go through all that, if you got the wire rack already, why not go outside and make you one? She did not learn this on the Food Network. I'm pretty sure this is not a safe practice. And do not ever try this at home. Okay. Okay. All right. So what else do you have for us? The next story I have is about a prophet. His name is Prophet, oh, let me take that back. He says he's Master Prophet. That's made up, by the way. Master Prophet Bishop <laughs> Bernard Jordan, who's known as the Prosperity Preacher. You give him money, and he gives you money, in other words. Yeah. Okay, kind of like back in the day, Reverend Ike. 
Yeah, Reverend Ike. <laughs> okay, all right. And and please forgive me if I have any Reverend Ike fans or believers out there, but he was known as a prosperity preacher, I guess, so to speak, as well. But go ahead, Pam. And what's his name again? Um, Master Prophet Bernard Jordan. Okay, all right. So he recently told the New York Post about his nine-bedroom tuxedo park estate that he bought for $1.7 million in 1996 that is up on the market for $2 million because he's having a hard time paying his bills. Hmm. And he stated that the church has lost about 4% of their revenue across the board. And so um, Jordan, who is a close pal of Reverend Al Sharpton, I'm not going there. Go ahead. Stated that he just doesn't have the money to pay, so he's going to put it on the market. So Mm -hmm. this story was before that he put up a seminar that he was conducting last weekend. Now, keep in mind, this is another Master Prophet seminar. And there were other people, there were names that were coming. You know, Yolanda Adams, Juanita Bynum, to name a few. They were supposed to be at this Prophetology seminar, summer 2016, what he called it. Okay. But the kicker is the price of it. You know, I'm not so, so this concerned. Prophetology seminar. Summer 2016. Okay. So I'm not too concerned about, you know, their teachings because everybody has their own teachings. What I was concerned about was the $600 registration fee. What? Wait a minute. $600. To go to to this. Let me get my thoughts together. (laughs) Okay, so $600 to attend the Prophetology Seminar 2016 that has Master Prof. He said that he'll have special guests. They will be teaching, preaching prophesying and imparting the mind of God concerning this season of elevation and promotion. That still didn't sell me on spending $600 for the registration fee. Now, keep in mind registration. This doesn't include hotel, airfare, banquet, food, uh, sighting of Jesus Christ himself. It includes nothing. Wait a minute now. (laughs) Because you have to be on something to pay $600 to go to this. I cannot wait to look up the findings to see who all went and how many people were there. So they had it already. Yeah, it was last week. It was July 9th through the 14th. So they had it already, and it was $600 per person, not a couple, per person. Okay. And so maybe he was having this because he knew that he couldn't pay his bills. So you think that the profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, was going to help the profit, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, get out of his financial bank. Yes, I think so. And, you know, he had well-known okay. names there, you know, but still I would not be paying $600. And then it was at the bottom that I was reading that that did not guarantee that you were actually going to be in there. They said two master profits may, you know, video you a recording that you can take home huh? and look at. Yes. There was no wow. guarantee that you were going to be able to get in. Some people were going to pay that, and they were going to get two videos of the master prophets prophesying to them and telling them, you know, what to do to bring all this finance to them and the blood of the light. I'm I'm gonna need more than that. But speaking <laughs> speaking of the I don't even really know what to say. Because I, I don't wanna 
jeopardize myself in, in, in any kind of way or offend anybody. But I, I, I just don't know what to say about that. Well, I guess, um, you know, this is not the first year he's had this. He's had these oh. last few years, and they have been record numbers. But, you know, a lot of these master prophets, and I'm putting up the little quotations beside master. Yeah, air quotes, yes. Yeah, they have large following. I mean, look at Jim mm-hmm. Jones. I still don't drink great right. Kool-Aid for that. <laughs> I just, I just can't. I just, I'm just scared. I just, I don't, I don't want, I don't want that. Wow. <laughs> yes, but speaking of the blood of Jesus, this next story, you know, this I'm is from scared. another. <laughs> I'm scared. This is from another prophet, Prophet Bushari. Now, he's he's making money, too, but he's selling the blood of Jesus for $2,000 a bottle. Where'd he get it from? Jesus I mean, <laughs> wait a minute. I, let me stop for a second just to ask you a question, because people may think we rehearse these, and we don't. You know, everybody goes out on their assignments. We bring the stories together, and then, of course, we have yeah. our discussion. But I just want to ask. That these aren't made up stories, right? No, this is made up stories. Legitimate stories that are in the news. Legitimate stories that are in the news. Okay, so I'm going to post the links to these stories on www.talkingwitht.com just in case you have some doubt, as I did, about these stories, and you can look up the details and find out for yourself what's going on with the master prophets. And this, what's his name? The selling the blood of Jesus? Prophet Bushari. Okay, because I'm going to have to look into that. I, I'm just not understanding where he's getting the blood of Jesus from. Yes. He said that the blood of Jesus is the real blood of Jesus, which was extracted at Calvary where the Son of God was crucified. Uh, how did he end up with it? I don't know. And it says people, people said it. They don't care what. Oh, so let me ask you this. Are people buying it? Are people buying the blood yes. of Jesus? Yes, his followers said they don't care about what people say about the price because they know it works because it has resurrected five people and healed many. Resurrected them from what? The dead? <laughs> now, I, we've had some crazy chronicles for sure, but now this one might be one for the record. Uh, go, go ahead, Pam. Now the, okay. Yeah, they said five people were resurrected, so I'm not exactly sure where they was resurrected from, but if they were resurrected, then something, it goes deeper than than this story. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, mm. Yeah, he sells okay. it in two, two different sizes. He sells a 500 milliliter and a 750 milliliter, 500 goes for $1,360, and the 750-milliliter goes for 2000 And they said it oh. heals every calamity and every problem in your body. I wish you could really see my face right now because <laughs> I'm just sitting here trying to – I can't even absorb what you're saying. I'm, I, I can't even understand that people believe it. And then yeah. he's selling it in these different amounts or whatever, even say it were true. And some type of way he was able to extract the blood of Jesus from Calvary. Wouldn't it run out at some point? I mean, it's yeah. only so much blood. Okay. There's so yeah, many the, things wrong with this story. Where is he getting the refills from? I mean, does he go back and get it? Or like you said, it has to run out eventually. One congregation sells it at their church. Is he a distributor? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, okay, this is too much. This is too much. You know, this is almost, and no, not almost, this is worse than 
the story that we did about the preacher who had said he'd gone to heaven and was selling pictures of heaven that he took on his smartphone. And the I thought people I heard it all then, but this this takes the cake. This is it right here. And the this people that got the, the golden tickets to heaven, you remember that one? No. <laughs> Two people were selling golden tickets to heaven for $100, and people were actually buying them. i tell you what, that's going to be it for this bit because I can't but, but, but listen, if they get the blood of Jesus, they won't have to get them golden tickets to heaven because it heals everything, remember? <laughs> I'm going to have to go pull myself together. And uh, I'm... I want you to continue researching and looking for stories that fall under the Crazy Chronicles so we can bring these to our listeners and we can be aware of all the yes. crazy things that are going on around us. Yes, because they are out there. All right, now. Well, I guess I'll talk to you next week. And I'm going to bring it straight. No chaser. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But as always, stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can currently listen to Talking With T on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and recently added Google Music. Remember that new shows drop each Monday, and don't forget to subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news. Find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. If people are doubting how far you can go, go so far you can't hear them anymore. Michelle Roos. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.